Welcome to the County Business Talks podcast, powered by Picturebook Films. Here, we're going to be talking to entrepreneurs and business owners from across Sussex, delving into the mindsets of what makes them really tick, discussing their business journeys, the ups, the downs, failures, successes, just having an open, honest discussion that hopefully can inspire people looking to start on that journey. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the next episode. Right, welcome to the next episode of the County Business Talks podcast. Um, I'm delighted to welcome my special guest today. Um, been appointed as Chestnut Tree House Children's Hospice in 2009-2012. He's a chairman of Brighton Juice 107.2. Winner of Outstanding Brightonian of the Year 2011 Sussex Business Awards. Winner of the greatest contribution to Sussex Charity at the 2016 Sussex Business Awards, winner of greatest contribution to Sussex in 2018 Argus Achievement Awards. He's been honoured in the inaugural 2018 Brighton Power 100, honoured in celebrating Sussex Top 100 in the, in the county tw- 2019 and 2020, recently appointed honorary patron of the Rockin' Horse Children's Charity in June 2021. Um, following up nearly a decade um, as their chief executive. He's the founder of the Best of British series of events that has raised over three quarters of a million for local charities since 2009. I have great pleasure in welcoming one of Brighton and Sussex's most inspirational business figures um, and someone I'm lucky enough to also call a very close friend. So, Ryan, Hill, welcome. Sam, thank you for having me. <laughs> Good morning, Wembley. <laughs> mate, I can't, well, we might ain't got that much time for the podcast now, mate. After all those uh, <laughs> achievements, so uh, I, 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 I sort of, I didn't. Uh, when you when you recant it like that, I'm thinking, no, you must be definitely talking about someone else. <laughs> oh, mate, it's it's incredible. That's why I look, I, when I started the podcast, obviously getting someone on like 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 yourself is amazing. Cause this is what it's all about. What what an, as not only a friend, but obviously a, a true inspiration. The stuff that you've achieved over the time, so which is great. Um, mate, look, as always, I just want to delve straight in if we can. Yeah, um, yeah. Thanks for having just, me. Mate, great. So let, let, let's crack on. Let, let, just tell listeners a little bit about yourself and, the business, and your business journey, where it all started. God, where did it all begin? <laughs> um, I take myself back. Well, like, like many people out there, um, it all started with a bit of fate, really. Um, take you back, I, I, did a, um, I studied history at university, um, so I've got a history degree. <laughs> So Excellent. everyone looks at me at a pub quiz in the history round, and I've never got one right. Um, <laughs> but I always, I always wanted to be a teacher, and I don't know whether I trace that back to some element of wanting to, I don't know, not inspire. Well, maybe it was to, to, to lead or inspire. Mm. I don't know, but I always wanted to be a teacher. And then, like all um, budding commercial sales people, um, <laughs> having finished university <laughs> and being royally skint, um, struggling to pay the rent in my uh, uh, flat in New Malden, um, having finished university at Kingston. I fell into a sales role. Um, Monday nights in The Guardian used to publish all the media jobs. And I ended up picking up a graduate training uh, job at Reed Business Information, part of Reed Elsevier. Uh, And they were based in Sutton. Um, And I went, I've graduated in the July and started there in the August um, back in 98, uh, 97, 98. Um, And that was the start of it. So that started by selling in um, B2B magazines. Everything from <laughs> Computer Weekly, Personnel Today, wow. uh, Farmers Weekly. That was great. 
set, selling to those different industries, buying <laughs> a few tractors. Um, uh, but that was the beginning of the sort of the, 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 the sales journey, really, um, okay. with Reed Elsevier. Um, and that was the beginning of the media connection. So that was sort of the publishing start. And then sort of poacher turned gamekeeper where I went to work for one of my clients that advertised with me. Yeah. Uh, and they were based down in, in, in Burgess Hill. And that was on the back of working uh, on the Personnel Today magazine. Um, and that was a, a, a great company. Still there now. Um, it was Capital Software at the time. It's now Capital International. Yeah. It's owned and managed by uh, Karen Silk, um, former Sussex Businesswoman of the Year. Um, and they're a, a great, great firm. Um, so I kind of was on that journey back home, yeah, back yeah, to yeah, Sussex. Yeah, 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 yeah sure, um, sure. Back to Brighton. Um, and then from there, after a couple of years there, um, I finally got a break into into radio. So it's lovely to be back in a studio again, Sam. <laughs> yeah. Mate, you um, look at home here, I must admit. You look no, home. I do enjoy it. <laughs> and that was uh, that was at the great Southern FM back in the day, um, down at, uh, in, in Portslade. Um, and um, that was where the I'd, I'd say the, the career kind of took took off from. I can track track that element back yeah, to that, yeah, that sure. moment in, yeah, in yeah. radio. Okay, and then sort of so then you've gone from there from radio and obviously you know we've gone through the list of various different bits and pieces you've done over the years and obviously being a you know, MD, chairman, CEO, um, but did you, like obviously running your own business now with obviously Best of Britain, did you always have that from a young age, did you always think oh, I'm, I'm gonna run my own business at some point or like you said, yeah. you, initially you're saying about, oh, I thought, thought about maybe being a teacher and mm. uh, as a, so was there any, from a young age, I even at university, was there any thoughts in your mind about that entrepreneurial or yeah, I, mindset? Yeah, I, I think so. And I, I think you can join the pieces of the puzzle back in retrospect and hindsight a lot more. Yeah. Um, but I was brought up in a family-run business yeah. uh, in, in Sussex, my dad's business. So uh, that that was around me yeah. as, a, as, a, as, as a kid growing up and, and my siblings as well. So it was always that feeling of we were brought up on a, a, a hard work ethic, if you like. Yeah. We all worked within the family business, um, and I think that that did stick with me. I, I think I was very fortunate that when I made the move from Southern FM to Juice, yeah. and I became managing director within a couple of years, I was MD of Juice at 29, wow. um, and that yeah. brought with it its own challenges in the yeah. market. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but there was a sense of the moment I became managing director, I felt it, I felt like it was the closest thing to having my own business yeah of course yeah yeah yeah. Um, and that's what the the board at the time sort of wanted me to to do really have really lead from the front yeah um they were there for what they should be there for for strategic input and whatnot but um, whether it was managing director or or ceo um i felt it was the closest thing to having complete ownership yeah yeah um particularly at the sme level that both those institutions took so Mm. i think yeah there was always that burning desire but i feel even through a working career albeit i was reporting into boards yeah. for the majority of my career it, it it at times it did feel like i was um I, I, it. from an outsider i guess like i come i first met you when i've come to Brighton what 12 years ago when i had the salon yeah. and i think then before, before our barnets went <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. when we had long locks and we was looking good yeah <laughs> but but I, I get look my, uh, from an impression from that side was that you you was I guess the owner of Juice I yeah. guess and then mm. even being the the face of it and the front mm. man for as mm. N, as MD and I guess even then flipping that and going on to as a CEO of Rocking Horse again you was the face of, for the last eight years have been yeah. the face and the head of Rocking Horse as a as a as a chief exec so I suppose like you say all right 
owning and being a founder of your own business um, is is a certain element, but the mindset of a MD or CEO, there's so many similarities. If you're running yeah. the whole, you're running the ship basically, aren't you? Yeah, still? I, th I think the desire to always want to be the leader or the captain of what of anything I ever did mm. helped me be a better MD and CEO. Yeah, I never had an ivory tower complex. I didn't want to do anything other than lead from the front. Yeah. Um, as, as MD of Juice, I'll be the one on a Sunday morning of the Brighton Marathon lugging the speakers down to Madeira Drive. Um, and the same at, at, as at Rocking Horse um, was always visible. And I think that I, it was instinctive, but it did me no harm in terms of getting complete buy-in from the teams that I ran mm. when they saw their leader involved in that way. Um, and that's what I try to tr create culturally. That's because this is a big thing. I mean, we'll go a bit, bit off piece, but culture yeah. is something that I, you know, I talk about on every podcast because I find it fascinating. I, find, I think someone as a, as a business owner running different businesses over the years, I found, especially at the salon, I struggled with that. I struggled not being a hairdresser, but mm. struggling to go in. So, like you say, going into those environments and creating cultures, do you think that some of that has come from, like you said, learnings from watching your dad run a business and maybe yeah, a culture I he created within I companies? I think sometimes you can get things a little bit overcomplicated and if you strip it right back well first of all I'm a very simple person <laughs> <laughs> and I just think if you strip it right back it's not difficult yeah and I think that things can get in the way be it red tape or bureaucracy or overthinking that can really muddy the water mm. and when you strip it right back to being in the right place at the right time with the right message with the right team with the right product um, it's simple to say that's all you need but that's all you need. Yeah, yeah. So if you break it down, either your team's wrong, or your staffing's wrong, or your product's wrong, yeah. or your branding's wrong, and you you've got to move quickly to fix those things. Yeah. So I think very quickly, I didn't real I, I I realized very quickly, what's the point of surrounding yourself with a bad product yeah. or or an or, or an underperforming team? I'm not talking about an under underperforming team that didn't need helping hand nothing yeah. better as a business leader than having somebody in your team that was struggling that you've helped turn around to be yeah. successful i'm talking about the time wasters and the shirkers there's a few of yeah, them yeah <laughs> so i think i think so weeding those out and, and building your team how you wanted to see yourself um having captains and generals on the on the, on the pitch with yeah. you um a absolutely but it, that all does come back you know answering to your you know bring it back to your 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 question about do always wanted to, to run my own entity completely yeah I, I think there was a sense of inevitability about it, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and, sure. it and it was only a matter of time yeah it was just about timing yeah and when what yeah okay like in the middle of a pandemic yeah. starting an events <laughs> company <laughs> perfect timing i can't wait to get into that one <laughs> 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 it, it is it is it is, it is. Um, well look we we've obviously as we well, look, we, we, we listed at the start of the intro as, you know, uh, to see your achievements over uh, over your time as, as MD, as CEO, and, and, and various different entities that you have run. Um, tell me, what, what, what what's your proudest moment uh, over the, over your career, and and what is your most successful? Are they the same, or well, would they be different? It's really difficult, isn't it? Because you don't want to leave anything or yeah. anyone out or any group out. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think they are two different answers. Mm. Um, and using those words directly, proudest and successful. So what does that mean to me? And mm. I, I guess the thing running through all this theme, even as I'm talking to you, is is family. Yeah. 
and that's going back to the crux of why I do what I do and yeah. done what I've done. Yeah. And that, that that's nice for me to realise. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, whether sure. it's being inspired by my dad, yeah. Um, and then my family now, my wife and kids inspiring me now. Yeah. So when you talk about proudest moments, it's got to be things like um, when my when my son was poorly before I went to the to the charity. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know fini- finishing the London Marathon when yeah, yeah. a couple of years earlier I had an ankle operation, was told I'd never run again. Um, fitness wise, couldn't run a bath then, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I I gave I gave it you know that, that was it. I was never going to be beaten from that. Um, and, and crossing that line. Um, down the mall, completing the London Marathon with my family there at the finish line. Yeah. Um, and then just down from the mall, um, I think one of them for me, you think about family again. I remember my um, my granddad back in the 60s um, getting an invitation for his charity work to Buckingham Palace for the garden party. Mm. And in 2017, 50, 60 years later, on the back of the work with the Golden Jubilee at Rocking Horse, yeah. um, I was fortunate enough to go and see the Queen at Buckingham Palace Wow. invite to the wow. garden party so in terms of proud moments yeah yeah amazing. i can sort of trace it back to family related which makes you feel that's, a, that's amazing and and again you like you've touched on there about and again what we delve into the podcast about mindset but that's the the i've run a marathon as well and that that thought process of you know running 26 miles is not, not an easy feat no but to also be injured and go right well, i can't i'm told i can't do a marathon so much of that mindset is well i won't be beaten if that's that's what i want to achieve and i'm going to get there that strong mindset that you can relate that so much to business 100 percent. which is why the, the second part of the question about proudest versus most successful yeah it can often come out of adversity yeah um and you're right if you if you set out on that path you almost expect the barriers along the way mm. it's never going to be a smooth journey so you can liken that marathon run to Run, running it, running it, a, a, a business, a, absolutely for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and, and in terms of the most successful on the business front directly, um, I guess I, I, I think the Rocket Rocking Horses Golden Jubilee and its fiftieth year from start to finish, uh, sort of a, yeah. a, a year of pre-planning, a, a year of post sort of shoulder years, and then the, the main year it, it, itself um, with a team of seven, including all of the back office. Um, to raise just under a, a, a million pounds that year um, was, yeah, that was. Um, I, I guess that can be deemed. I'll allow myself I'll to allow to be successful. Hundred, well, yeah. <laughs> y- you know, obviously, my feelings of rocking horse and you know, the, mm. uh, 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 amazing. I think the charities and it was just, it was phenomenal. I think to see that year and what you guys mm. achieved, and and again, a, a perception, I guess, from many, maybe many people from outside rocking horse because of, you know your leadership you being the face of it and the team that you surrounded yourself with in people's mindsets would probably like that like me this fucking horse must have lots of staff must have yeah. like you know look at what they've done made a million pound across all these mm. different events and the, the different bits and pieces that you've done you everywhere and you're doing stuff and as a team but then you go i'll come into the office i remember we done the 50 year on uh, for sbt we done it we done the front yeah. cover which was my first issue which was amazing but i was like Wow, this is a fairly small office with yeah. <laughs> seven staff. And yeah. you know. We had four, four, uh, four fundraisers, uh, two of which were part-time. Myself as CEO, a finance director, um, and, um, and PR and comms that was, that was, that was um, part-time. So 
that, that, that was it. And people used to come to us and say, oh, is this just your events team? Or is this your yeah, yeah. Uh, fundraising team? And you know, where are the rest of them? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, because yeah, we'd always yeah. get put up against um, other charities in the space. And we always said, you know, it, it's true of most sectors not to slag off your competition, mm. uh, particularly in the children's charity market. <laughs> You're not going to win many, uh, <laughs> many fans who start going around putting the knife in. But certainly um, a lot of the market perceived us and some other uh, charities in the space uh, as, as being very comparable. Yeah. And people thinking very often that we were 50, 60, 70 strong, um, probably because of the, the, the brand or the profile that we, we, we helped create. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing I'd say, and a lot of your listeners will relate to this as business leaders, people only see the cherry on top of the icing on the cake and therefore can get sucked into thinking it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to take people back to the 1st of September 2012 when I first walked into Rocking Horse on day one. Yeah, yeah. And the success that I wanted to achieve happened five years later in 2017. At wow. that golden wow. jubilee, and it's that that piece that's really in- interesting when you've got to go in and what you inherit, and wow, it, yeah. I love I love a sporting analogy. Yeah. I love the football. <laughs> might, oh, yeah. I might try and throw about eighty in in the next forty-five minutes. <laughs> but it was, you know, you're inheriting a team with the greatest of respect to yeah. predecessors and forebearers, but you're inheriting a team that sort of bottom of League Two or just about to go out the league. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, I don't mind saying this now because I think it's pretty much common knowledge that Rocking Horse's future was in doubt. Yeah, sure, sure. And it had been going 45 years then and had an almighty impact in the Sussex community and the building of the new children's hospital. And um, what a a sad tale that would have been should anything have happened. So to go from there to, in our our opinion, is our our dressing room to go and win the European Cup in in relative terms, pound for pound, yeah, no... We, we like that one. Actually, I mean that that's that in itself is incredible. So how do you go in with a? Did you go in with a clear mindset on that first day? You walk in and go, I know what I want to achieve. Yes. From from, from Rocking, I'm coming in as Rocking yes. CEO. And I, I know where I want to get this. And I three. And, this is what's and, I, and I three resignations by five o'clock. Really. And I think that to me, let me just told me so much. Yeah. It was right day one. This is how it's going to be. I will promise you, you'll have an amazing journey, but this is how it's going to be from now on. And it really sorted the wheat from the chaff out that quickly, that honest to God, with it. But by the end of that week, half the team had said, right, basically, this isn't for me. Wow. Fine, wow. fine. Because it proved in a way, talked about workers and shirkers earlier. Yeah. Um, and it goes on in any sector. Yeah. And I'm not um, certainly putting the boot into the, to the charity sector. Um, but yeah, if you want to, put your feet up and attempt to coast yeah. <laughs> there are some vessels out there that might allow you to do it um that goes back to having why would you do why would you get up in the morning and go to work and not have a, a, a winning mentality a creative culture a culture of expression but ultimately of success Amazing. otherwise let's let's pack up and go home yeah, yeah so some of them were oh yeah it was you know man the barricades here we go over the top and loving it that's what they that's what they needed so retained the good yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and took them on that journey and the ones that did me a massive favour the ones that said yeah so this for a game of soldiers just sounds like work <laughs> I'm off <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so inspiring because like again for me to be able to I guess have the balls to be uh, to just go, you go into what I'm taking on this role I know mm. where I want to get this mm. and this is the vision it's a shared vision because you, like you said you shared it with and I guess that's half yeah. the thing isn't it some people maybe as leaders maybe not the greatest leaders they will go in mm. this is what I want to do and this is how I'm going to do it and blah 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 and this almost becomes a dictatorship whereas where you go in and go I know what the vision is mm. we're all on a journey together 
let's get behind it. If we do, we're going to yeah. have a great journey. It's not going to be easy. It's yeah. going to be ups and downs. And they did, and they shared the successes. Yeah, of course. And we, yeah. took the, we took the losses together, but we did. We shared in a, I saw myself as one of the team that happened to be the CEO. Yeah. Right. And that, that, that was how I wanted to embed myself within that. And that, that, is that, that, that leadership piece. Yeah. I was really, really in, interested in that. And I'd always migrated towards that area. A lot of yeah. people didn't want to put their hand up. A lot of people are very, very good lieutenants and number twos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're very happy there. Yeah. Um, but that's, I don't know uh, I, where, where it comes from. I don't know. Probably my, my again, back to family. Yeah. But I played football. I was the captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to the radio station. I've got my eye on the next person's job and I'm MD by 29. Yeah. And it just always happened like that. And it must have been that the, I, 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 I have this drive that I want to. I don't see the point of being involved and invested in something unless you really want to take it as far as you can. That's amazing. And I think that 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 for me is exactly like, like you said, what I, similar for myself. I think anything I've done, I'd never want to do half hearted. If I'm if I'm in something, I'm in it and I want to give it 100 percent and I will work. 20 hours a day if I have to to make that happen, if that's the, the situation, because I'm invested in like you said, mm. you want it. You want to be passionate about what you're doing. You want to yeah. get up and have that that sort yeah. of drive. And, and I think people people will talk to business owners, and I hear people like mates and stuff. Oh, you know, you run your own business. It's, you, one, they think you've got loads of money. Yep. Two, they think, oh, you just play golf or you do what you want to do. Yep. Don't see you do, don't you? <laughs> Mate, if, I, if I did, I'd be much better at handicap than I am. Bloody hell. I need a bit more practice. Need to be there with Dodge. Doing stuff like that. But... I, I guess it's that, like you said, it's that mindset, that drive, and that determination that you can't. If you haven't got that, mm. forget about it. In my opinion, like yeah. you're not going to be able to run a business. You're not going to be able to achieve any level of success. What mm. and and success is different in different forms, isn't it? Like uh, we yeah. all look at success in a different way. Some people look at it on their bank balance and how That's much right. money they've got. Some people look at what lifestyle they've created. Yeah, success. Well, success in that instance. I know we're jumping around, but no, in that yeah. instance, success for me was prevent the charity from going under. Yeah. I never professed that to the market. No, no, no. But that was my first goal, if you yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. So, right, that was success. I'd protect it, first of all. Yeah. Um, but you're right. And I, I guess the second thing you used the, uh, earlier about that sort of dictatorial slant. And I guess, yes, you could have all the drive in the world. The second part of it, and even more importantly, is how do you implement that yeah. and impart that? onto your team to get them on board with you yeah, yeah because yeah. if you're having all the drive and passion in the world but you're a bit of an arsehole with it <laughs> um no one's going to want to come on that journey no no no. so i i, I enjoyed the, the, the second I, I knew i had that yeah okay how do i get Enhance, yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. On, on 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 the ship with me and that comes back to having the the right people around you and trust and loyalty um we have people that work with me during that period of time you know, five, six, seven years of service, yeah. very, very tight team, and, and that ultimately steered the ship in the right direction. And again, like you said, culture, isn't it? You created, yeah. that that was the culture that you mm. created within there, and people bought into that, and that's, mm. mate, it's great. I mean, look, it takes us nicely, actually, on we talk the success side of things, obviously, as as business owners, chat that we face a fair, a fair amount of challenges, yeah. some ups and downs, some failures. Um, yeah. I've been there, I, I know that situation, but to... Um, talk to me about you know what challenges you faced over the years. Yeah, we've talked a little bit offline, so I know there's some. Yeah, and I've seen it on some of the journey you have been through, but some challenges, failures. Talk to me about them. Um, yeah, I th they make you, don't they? Yeah. Um, you speak to the best sports people, or even watching the Olympics at the moment, and they. You see the guy yesterday, the boxing wouldn't put the silver medal on. 
he said you don't you, you know you, you lose gold you don't win silver and it was how he was dealing with that failure and I'm like wow it was really yeah. it was quite emotional to watch but you think that guy you, you back him next uh, in, yeah. in, in, in Paris in 2024 he'll use all of that experience oh, to get yeah. into gold and I think that's uh, any failure that you that you uh, experience it's it's how you deal with it. I know that's a common trait, but it is. It's how you deal with it, how you respond to each yeah. failure or, or, or downturn. Um, what sticks out for me was 2008, 9, 10, that period of the 2008 financial crash. Um, I was running a commercial radio station in at the moment, um, at the time, which was Juice. And um, hopefully I'll, I won't get done for anything I was going to say <laughs> on here, but uh, uh, it was all above board. No, but we were only one of the last 17 radio stations in the country that were independently owned at that time. Right. And we'd been fighting off the big boys coming in for sure, purchases sure. all the time. Um, and when that hit, you think, wow, how much longer have, have we got? Um, and that was very, very, very tough. Um, and having to have very difficult conversations when you're dealing with people that you, you, you've got to lay off. Yeah. And you think about their families and, and livelihoods and all the yeah, rest of it, yeah, sure, sure. and that, that that sits with you as the as the as the owner director um, uh, part. Yeah. That 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 sits with you. That they're, they're, when you think about well, what keeps you up at night, yeah. that, that 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 kind of kind of kind of stuff. So um, when you're when you're running any entity and something happens like that crash, and most recently with the pandemic, mm. wow, how how much can you actually control? Yeah, you yeah, can yeah, you course. can be as watertight as possible so that when these things happen. Um, you're more likely to ride the storm, yeah. Um, but but yeah, that I, I, when when you say about times in the in the career where it's been hairy, that I, I immediately go to that that first crash that I was involved with with, with 2008. So to steer it through that and come out the other side, always looking for the positive, was 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 miraculous. Now, how did you? What did you do then with the team and stuff like that at the time? C cry, cry, <laughs> <laughs> sure, put, put myself on air. Yeah. <laughs> Lost eighty thousand listeners overnight. Well, you know, it's like the, it, you can draw similarities to the pandemic. Yeah. Um, well, where, where are you going to go? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get another job in radio at the moment. Well, good luck. So it yeah. was batting down the hatches. It was oh, we go either go down this path. Yeah. Or, or, or that's it. Or you know, hand the keys back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and thankfully, I have to say at this point, and I know many of your listeners are, but you know, the support from the Sussex business community. Yeah. When, when an entity like that, and there are, whether it be the cricket club, the, the, the football club, the radio station, whoever it might be, if somebody is, is struggling like that and you call on their support, yeah. they were incredible at that time. Yeah, um, that's amazing. Uh, you know, they, they, could, they could have all pulled all their campaigns immediately overnight. Yeah. Um, but when I answer to your question of how do you overcome that, it comes back to how you've been for the previous X amount of years. Yeah. If you've been an absolute so-and-so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. they're more likely to not support you in that time but because of the hopefully the goodwill and the credibility that, that your team builds up when something bites yeah. they're more likely to show forbearance and goodwill and stick with you yeah um as opposed to i'm sorry you, you treated me like that over the you can yeah. off you go i i i totally agree with you and i think and that goodwill and that you know you pawn that for, for certain things but it is it's, it's the it's you as an individual the relationship you've built over that period of time, that and a, a similar type of thing, like the, the, the I think it's the Sussex business community is amazing. I've been, mm. you know, with the Essex twang, which I can't get rid of. You know, I've I've been here for nearly twelve years. Really? Now. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't know it. Wouldn't know it. Into Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, 
but for me, I'm that, and I just I can't actually imagine one living anywhere else, but two running a, a, a business. in it. I, I, mm. I've I've been fortunate. I guess people like yourself and mm. the people I've met within the Sussex business community that that, that supportive nature that is there. If like you said, if you as long as you know what's it, and you yes. you, you try and be always promise myself whatever level of business I would run, however I'd do it, just try and do stuff with integrity, yeah. try and be honest, try and be a good person, mm. not screw anyone over. I think if you stick to them values, generally people are going to support when you go through down I, I times. Think, and I think we have seen that, haven't we, in the pandemic? You yeah. know, not mentioning any, any names at all because yeah. I feel so sorry for anyone whose business has struggled. Yeah. But there's certainly been a correlation between those that were, they were close to the line before mm. yeah. March 2020. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it's it's horrible to, to put it in these terms, but something like a global pandemic comes along, and you're thinking, well, we're not yep. riding that storm. So uh, we might even see it going forward when with with furlough ending. Yeah, um, horrible expression, but it's it's one from the media that a lot of these businesses are on life support. Yeah, and um, when furlough ends, you, you might see more of them them go. So. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's um, we're very lucky down here that if you conduct yourself in the right way, yeah. the, the, the the wagons will circle and you will get that support. Yeah. Any any failing that uh, that I've had in my career, I think either you look you look at your nearest and dearest first of all, and, and then your network, and you you, you can you 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 pull you yeah. pull through. Yeah, no, I agree. And, it, and it's interesting. Look, just touching quickly, obviously on the the, the failing side of things, is something that you know. Oh, we don't like to talk about generally as people we go out and meet you know you don't generally go straight in and talk mm. about oh yeah i failed at this i i remember finding it really difficult when i had to shut the salon mm. three years i ran it worked uh, seven days a, a week i was there every day i traveled two years from essex commuting on and i i found it really it was a horrible feeling going in that day and having to tell 10 staff that you know got to shut the doors and it was a horrible thing but i remember at that point um I sat there and I, I read something that come up on my LinkedIn that said something along the lines of the rules of success. And the first one was accepting and understanding failure. Mm. And I think once you do that, I'll straight away I'll click, okay, it's a terrible situation. I didn't yeah. want to do it, be in that position. I don't want to ever be in that position again. But the amount I learned from that and it's taking mm. them learnings from failure. Mm. I think even like we've obviously got kids, mm. I don't know how you feel, but it's almost not encouraging them to fail. We don't mm. want that, but not yeah. not shirking away from failure and not looking at well, failure in a way. Not, it's a learning. Not curve. that I did too much prep, Sam, because you know me. But <laughs> one of my one of my um, one of my two notes that I made: don't be afraid to fail. And okay. and and it's and it's absolutely true. And you know, it, it's it's a well trodden path, isn't it? But you you look at anybody from Richard Branson to mm. Simon Cowell or anyone else you want to look at, and the first thing that they say in any of their uh, but well, they they were bankrupt yeah, yeah, what, yeah. four times by the time he was thirteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So not being afraid to fail, better better to try definitely. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm of that. I'd rather, like you say, you'd rather give something, and that's why I try and tell the kids, and I hope the young next generation. There's like even from this podcast, I want it to be that we get that message out there. It's okay. Look, it's better to give something a go. And a- absolutely, uh, and I'll, I'll say something now. I was speaking on this business entrepreneurial course at Brighton College. And uh, Bright College, by the way, fantastic institution, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. um, but I have to say, um, I'm not going to get sued, Sam, don't worry. <laughs> but I had to say, when I, when I was speaking, I kind of got, um, it's one of the only times, I know I can talk a bit, but it's one of the only times I kind of got the old little, uh, okay, you're, you're done now, like the old hook. Because wow. I, I started to talk about how these lead tables were overtaking these, these kids that have been pumped up on Red Bull and Pro Plus to try to get through their exams, where there was a culture that 95% wasn't, good enough because it needed to be 98.5% or or 90% wasn't good enough because it needed to be 95%. 
Um, and I just said, no, because if you go through business and when you have your own businesses, mm. you take an 80% conversion rate all day <laughs> long. <laughs> Most of us would take a 50% yeah. conversion <laughs> rate. Um, so I think you're right. I think there's a massive amount of pressure on, on what success and failure sort of looks like yeah. to the next generation. Yeah. Don't be afraid to fail. Give it a go. Uh, but don't be told that, you know, f four A's aren't enough because they should have been four A stars. Yeah. I I'm totally against that. Uh, mate, I'm exactly the same. Uh, you know, I know I don't want to go too off piece, but with the, the education scene, that's something that we can, you know, <laughs> make yeah. a safer episode. Exactly. Next, someone, next round, but some, someone who knows what they're talking yeah, about. But, on that one. but just, no, that's that's my instinct and belief on it. I, I think it scares them. Because I, I think that, that that side of it, but I even for me, and I'm maybe you know speaking out of turn, but for for me, the education system. I I, I was never great at school. But mm. I, you know, I've done A levels. I've done okay. Got reasonable GCSE but I'd never went on to university it was never academically I wasn't really yeah. I didn't what, like the exam thing and stuff like that just wasn't my my thing mm. I, I could yeah. I wasn't great at it yeah. um but I, I think the beauty now is that entrepreneurship is encouraged a bit more in school I've been in and done some mentoring and stuff yeah. and that I've talked about bits and pieces but I think I'd love that I'd love for my, my kids even to come to me and say as m if they've got something they want to do where they go I want to go to university because I want to be a doctor or a lawyer and I've got to get a degree to get to that level, great, I will encourage that. If they want to go to university just because they're not sure what to do, I, I'd rather them come to me maybe and go, I've got this idea, I want to try this maybe. Yeah. And Because it's not just necessarily that, uh, for me, that system of we're going to test you and if you haven't t passed that test at that level, then you're not, you failed, you're not good. Yeah. I don't, don't know. Don't certainly the impact can be, can be far, more, uh, far more damaging. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think hopefully starting to see some 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 change there. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, we, we, just before we move on to the next question, we, we, we talked about um, obviously the the thing at Juice with the thing, uh, obviously just talk me through briefly the the, <laughs> the start of the pandemic and obviously you know running the charity at that yeah yeah talking about challenging times that's got to be up there with yeah uh, I'm, 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 <laughs> I forget that one no it was it was um. To, to, to put it into context, and I, ma I imagine you know yourself and, and, and many people that will be listening into this have the same experience. And I, you know, the twenty third of, of March, twenty twenty, is yeah. ingrained in many people's minds. Yeah. And when when Bojo laid out the uh, <laughs> "Don't go to work tomorrow" and the world's ending, yeah. um, <laughs> honestly, it, it was well. First first thought was, sure, go back, go back, however many, nearly ten years, shore up the charity. Um, Rule, rule number one, make sure Rocking Horse st is still here and yeah, exists. Yeah. Um, and therefore, it's about putting all the scaffolding around the team. But we lost 27 events overnight because you're told that you can't go anywhere, do anything, leave for emergencies only. Um, four days after that, three days after that, the Thursday night, we had 500 guests booked in at the Grand Hotel for an evening with Judy Dench. Yeah, I was one of them. There you go. <laughs> there you go. My good luck charm strikes again. Yes. Um, so that was then this Monday announcement. Because before that, there was still talk that, you know, this might not be as bad as we're first yeah. fearing. Um, I don't mind saying I was one of those that ale alleged super spreaders down at the Cheltenham Festival <laughs> for four days in, in, the, in the middle of March that they're saying, you know, should have never happened. But I, I don't think many people saw just what was, what was no, going was. to happen. Um, but that was very, very... T tough uh, on the charity um, income, obviously through through the floor. Yeah, um, but but again, what can you do? You have to control the controllables. I can't 
control that. That's a global pandemic. What I can do is this. So we went into overdrive with virtual fundraising. Yeah. We didn't furlough anybody. That's we were one of the only really. charities not to because, A, maybe, not naming names, some of those charities that had 800 fundraisers when they should have had five, mm. um, you can't but furlough them yeah. because you can't pay them all. Because we were lean and mean, we were able to stomach those, those costs still and kept everybody on. Because under the laws of the furlough program, the moment you furlough anybody, they can't do any work. Yeah, 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 so sure. it was, well, I'd rather have 50% of fundraising income than nothing by furloughing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to future-proof the charity, uh, we took the decision to keep everybody on. That's Everyone amazing. was on full pay throughout the entire pandemic. Wow. wow. And because we were there and because we were visible and doing everything online, everything virtual, um, we managed to turn over 680,000 from March 20 to April 21 in the, in, in the last financial year. Wow. And that and, wow. and that was a way, when you say about how do you respond to it, it, it hit very hard in those first few weeks and then it turned into, right, we're, we're gonna really fly with this and do the best we can. And that was a, a nice thing to bow out on, keeping yeah, everybody mate. employed um, meant a lot, keeping the charity going um, and still giving away hundreds of thousands of pounds to the cause and the causes that the charity supports during that time. So uh, that's, um, yeah. When they, when they obviously need it just oh, more than ever, I guess, at, that, at that point. Yeah, you know, you yeah. So that was, um, but yeah, I, I, I taking myself back to that in the March period, April, you do have the moments there. <laughs> yeah, what, what, how's this going <laughs> to Like you said, I guess what, again, back to the mindset side mm. of it, what, you've got to have that, just that strong mindset to just go, because there must be points where you go, what would you do? You've got to, you've got to, yeah, exactly. You, what, what are your options? And it's making those brave decisions, which business owners do. You either decide, well, we're we going to pack up yeah. or not. Yeah. Well, of course we're not. So, yeah. okay, what does not look like? Yeah. So we're not doing that, are we? No. Right. Well, then th this yeah. is the path. Yeah, yeah. So we all get together, virtually, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, that was the other thing, you know, thrashing all of this out without Over ever seeing a member of your team. Yeah, yeah. And and c well, it's a very face-to-face -face industry. Funny enough, fundraising. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's um. But again, the team and the culture that had been previously built. Yeah. So that when that struck, that may be in hindsight and think about it now in real time with you, that maybe helped us so much get through it. Yeah, of course. Um, what have been built the, the where we were culturally, and who was in the team when we arrived at that point. Yeah. Because you've built, like you said, you've built people that you want to, I don't want to use this word, mm. analogy, I suppose, but you're, going, you're almost going to war. We've got yeah, like, and who definitely. do you want? And you've got a strong, solid team behind definitely. you. That they were all, honestly, they were all unbelievable. Yeah. Um, the phrase, and I'm sure there's many other businesses out there that did exactly the same thing, yeah. and, and, and more power to them for it, but they, above and beyond the call of duty or going the extra mile or whatever you want to call it, yeah. every, every one of the, 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 the team at that point of the charity, the easy option was to to go and walk away but because we were effectively we're, we're you know small independent charity yeah, yeah, sure, we sure. weren't part of a large national big boy and yeah, yeah. furlough everybody and sit at home for a year on on 80 percent yeah. it just wasn't an option the charity wouldn't have survived so it was genuine survival mode oh, yeah, yeah, yeah um but again the support of the local community yeah including the business community um really stepped up yeah that's incredible yeah. incredible um okay so what this was something I've wanted to find. I'm not sure 
but from so running a, uh, a, a obviously a charity for, for for eight years, what's the differences between that uh, running a charity and, a, and, a, and another business? So obviously the juice and the commercial yeah, running. So um, what, it, do you run it as a? Do you yeah. still run it? It's got to ultimately be still run as a business. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I get I get asked that question a lot because it's a very obvious one yeah. to, to to ask in terms of the the differences, and it's always the same answer. You you'd be amazed how similar it is. Mm. Goes back to what I said earlier when I was sort of walking through the, you know, pro- product profile, branding, messaging to market, client base, team, staff, overheads, direct cost. It, it's I could be describing any yeah. any SME. Yeah. Uh, but I could very easily be describing rocking horse. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, sure. The income was fundraising. The X's were the X's. Your surplus is your profitability. But in the charity world, you give all that away. Mm. fantastic um and our job was to get that percentage in the pound as high as possible yeah which is why we kept the team to such a minimum but in terms of of running it i guess i could break it down internally and externally so externally you know what are you and what are you trying to achieve so we're a children's charity (laughs) so externally yeah absolutely it was you know bright colors and warm and fuzzy and (laughs) the children's (laughs) hospital and away you go you know it's it was uh, and, and that's it's um, that's its ethos, uh, but internally, yeah, the, the, I, I ran the fundraising team during my time at Rocking Horse, like I ran a commercial radio sales team at Juice. Right. Okay. Internally, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure. I don't know whether I'm, you know, peeking behind the curtain <laughs> no, here, yeah, the yeah, Wizard yeah. of Oz. Yeah, <laughs> complaints. It wasn't, you know. Slave labour, yeah. um, but no, they, I, I guess given the focus and the exposure to have more uh, control and eyes on their own roles and what they were doing. Yeah, 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 sure. So before I went to Rocking Horse, no fundraiser had any idea of what sort of the, the budget was for the charity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just you know, thing, money came in or mm. money didn't come in, yeah. and we had a, a count up at the end of the month, and that was what we were on. So it, I moved them very much into commercial way of thinking internally, right, sure, and sure. strategically, yeah, yeah, and yeah. setting budgets and setting goals, and then you know looking looking after those good staff that wanted to stay on on the journey with it. So yeah, internally, absolutely, running it the same. Externally, projecting, um, playing to the the sector that you're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Because you know. I guess like like you said, the, the same g- going in with that your a vision, a goal that you need to achieve and go, you know, this is how we're going to get there. It's not going to be, we're going to get there by going, let's see what comes in and then whether, you know, this has got to be, this is a goal, this is what, to get to this stage, yep. is where we want to be for the 50 year anniversary or yep. five, our five year plan mm. or this next 12 months, this next six months, but this is, and you can only really do, like you say, like any business does. Uh, what's your cash flow like? How does you Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And we, d- we, dub- we, d- we, d- we doubled the income within two years, spending less to run the charity. So I moved the charity back into Brighton um, with a very philanthropic landlord, um, which was fantastic to reduce those overheads and worked as much on expenditure. And when you say about running it, uh, like we do with our own businesses, you can have all the profile and all the income in the world, but something comes along and hits you, you can't control it. much as you can control what's going out the other end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've, I've played a lot of effort on focusing yeah. on expenditure and bringing that down. Yeah, yeah, and then at the same time, increasing the income and the profile and you're left with, so so after a few years that I've been there, the, the profit, the profit, the surplus yeah. was larger than the 
turnover before I went there. Wow. So so that wow. so but that so in terms of running it, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm sure this resonates with people listening in their and their businesses. Um, yeah, running running a, um, a, a a charity, the similarities are very uh, they, they really are prevalent. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, so so we're gonna move on now. Obviously, as people know you and we can hear, I've known you for a long time. You're full of positive energy drive ambition it's highlighted obviously in the awards and achievements that we've sort of discussed already but um before we go into that i just want to um i just want to talk to you about um you're laughing i'm, uh, I'm nervous uh, no, about sorry. what this question is going to be only, no only because i want to talk so we've talked about obviously the charity and everything you sort of decided to step down as a as ceo of rocking Holes. yeah um after after eight years there um and then in the middle of a global pandemic to <laughs> launch your own members club um yeah. based on events yeah so talk, talk to me about talk to me about that what what uh, in in that um, sense i get i guess where did you get to that stage I well i'm gonna stop this now which is an income and a, and a, a role that i've yeah. done for this amount of time and i'm gonna start actually my own entity yeah uh, my yeah. own business but it, on the face of it it sounds madness <laughs> and my, my family all agreed that it was complete madness um i think to talk through the the, the steps in the right order <laughs> I, I remember famously saying that i went to rocking horse for a couple of years yeah. back in 2012 to try to help turn the charity around and to get our son better and the plan was that in around about 2014 i would then re-enter my what i consider the natural home of the uh, sussex commercial world yeah. in the corporate sector and then fast forward to 2021 and i think in this was never really part of the plan <laughs> I, I was i was coming up for, for 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 nine years it would have been 10 years next year yeah. um uh, on a on a journey that i thought would be a couple of years sure sure so i think that in hindsight and being really honest now after that length of time it was during the first lockdown that maybe i started to think get off the hamster wheel yeah. for half a second and maybe think, well, what does the p bigger picture look like for me? Yeah. And, you know, going back to one of your earlier questions, that that burning desire rose again. Well, maybe this is the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, turned out to be the worst time in 300 years. <laughs> um, but in, in as me, you mentioned earlier, timing is everything. Timing is everything. <laughs> but as, as it happens, um, the timing was, was, was everything, and it, and it was right. Um, I was absolutely adamant that two things, if I was going to do it, I was going to see it through... Um, to fruition 100% and give it everything. Mm. And secondly, and more importantly, ethically, I was never going to leave Rocking Horse in the Kazi. Yeah. So after that much and how much it means to yeah, me still. Yeah, sure. So even though I started to think about that earlier on, um, I, I actually resigned in December of, of 2020 mm. um, and, and gave an extra month's notice to the, to the very end of the financial year on the 31st of March. To, 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 to see that whole piece through of the, the core part of, yeah. the, of the pandemic um, and achieve those goals that we did during that time. So, and then I thought, well, okay, what, what am I going to do? Um, and I, I, I just had a feeling that, <laughs> I had a feeling that events wouldn't be away forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but by uh, just the, the, the way the market was going and the way that the, judging the landscape at the time, 
smaller events were far more likely to return yeah. sooner than the larger scale events, yeah. not rocket science, but there still need to be a plan and implementation in place. So I've been operating Best of British events since 2009, mm. and I've been doing them for a number of different charities, from the Special Olympics of Brighton & Hove to Chestnut Tree House, and of course to Rocking Horse. Mm. Um, when I went to Rocking Horse as CEO, one of the, I said to them, look, I'll, I'll, it would be very odd for me if I didn't do Best of British for you because yeah, yeah, I'm sure. chief executive. So uh, Rocking Horse ben benefited from that hugely and will continue to do so um, th this year. But um, I, I, I realised that those large-scale events were going to take a lot longer to come back. Yeah, yeah. So the Best of British Members Club was almost born out of uh, the larger-scale Best of British events, sure. but of its time during the pandemic. What we didn't factor on was in the early part of the year, what was the South African variant then coming <laughs> and rearing its head um, and knocking everything back another three months. Yeah. But now, um, where are we? We're in August. Um, we are, uh, uh, we're sold out for this, this year. We've had three events so far. Um, we've had some, some fantastic speakers along um, and in, in a very e exclusive group, it's, it's, it's capped at 50 members. So it, it, if this thing lasts 100 years, it will never be more than 50 members. Amazing. And that's a decision that we took at the very, very outset. Yeah. That, uh, uh, with respect, a lot of people use the word exclusive, um, and then it kind of creaks a little bit. Yeah. And before you know it, something either works or is successful, and then there's 200 in there, and you lose the ethos of it. Yeah, yeah. So this will only ever be 50 members. Um, uh, venues acro across Sussex, deals about town galore. Um, and um, yeah, you've got to be an owner, director, CEO to, to, to get involved and invite only. Um, but it's been going, it's been going really well. I look back now and think, well, maybe the timing wasn't so bad. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know what? Um, I think you, I, I actually agree with you. And I think that I remember we we had the conversation. I'm delighted that I'm a member and uh, it was great to get invited. And uh, but we we obviously spoke in the January about it. And you, 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 I know you'd alluded to me a little bit before about, it, but you, you, we'd spoken in the January about it and thinking that God. It, and I guess part of me, honestly, there was a l an element of going, it's a little bit risky, potentially. But being a people person, the people you were speaking to were the people that, mm. like, are people, we want to be out face to face. We want to be back in that environment. I wasn't like, I, I embraced online and virtual events great, and they've been fantastic, and mm. I support and applaud people that have done them. Ultimately, I'd rather be in a room with people and sit there and, and mm. build them relationships that I have done over the last. 12 years in, in, in yeah. Sussex and I think what so you've you got the right people together in at the right time where we're craving for that and that, like, like you said that first event at Mal Maison it was you could tell almost the relief of people yeah. being in that room we was there everyone almost with smiles on their faces yeah. just it was because you'd created something that this is what we're craving and this is what and it was great to be back to that them live events and yeah. I think like you said timing uh, on one side you look at it and go is it crazy doing something like that on the other side going is it genius perfect timing really in that sense so and only, t only time tells yeah. and only time will tell but going on the feedback and the appetite so far yeah. um, it, it's worked really well yeah. Wh where it's worked for me as well it, it worked in, in harmony with the larger scale events yeah yeah of so the, the the members club is for the individual member yeah but they will still take a table for their company yeah. to come and attend one of the larger scale events yeah, sure, sure. so it, it can it can dovetail perfectly and yeah. over the years you know we'll look forward to welcoming many many, many more members over the time it's all, it's all as i say it's very very new yeah um, so far so good but we've only had three meetings yeah, but yeah, the sure. um the early the early signs are there but you're right it could have been 
I could have been adding it to the uh, fa- failure <laughs> question. But it's certainly a big, a big tick. Like I said, I'm, I'm a big surprise. It's, it's fantastic. So, uh, look, and I'm sure it will continue to be, be a great I success. I hope so. No, <laughs> <laughs> but we're, um, and look, and we're, 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 we're move on now, obviously, to, like, like I said, uh, just before we, we went on to that, I was saying one of the, the things about, um, obviously, achievements, the work, like the work ethic we've just talked about, and, you know, when you go through your ups and downs, but running different businesses, what... I'd like to look at obviously something potentially I again struggle with, but work-life balance. Mm. What? How do you strike a work-life balance? What is it you do? What it is one of the reasons that you chose to step down as CEO, maybe, and set mm. up this that you want to better or? I, th- I thought. So, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was part of the plan. Yeah. Um, look, I, I guess many people will relate to this. You'll, you'll never. You'll never. You'll never off. Yeah. Um, you can go on a around the world cruise for six months when it's your thing you're never off but yeah. unfortunately um that phone is on and those emails will come in and you, you can you know do the, the, the best you can to have slightly more downtime but i think it's a it's a losing battle yeah. if you ever think that you have you ever turned your phone off for a full week and then gone uh, 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 you're just going to lie there every single night and worrying about what you're missing <laughs> so I think you've just got to find a way that works for you um, what I am doing more than ever before is uh, from a work-life balance perspective it's always family first yeah. always has been um, All the, the reason why I didn't do the London thing was because I didn't want to do the 7 in the morning train back home at 8 o'clock at night with three yeah. young kids yeah. um, very fortunate to live where we do um so uh, when the kids were very young every single school assembly that they got a little certificate at or a uh, or, or the sports day or the christmas play um that was for me that's you know i wanted to be a dad and that's what i was there for um, every single one never missed a, never missed a beat i want that that was really important to me um what's happening now is is as the kids are much older um 17 16 and 14 um obviously dynamics change but I find myself maybe working from seven o'clock to eleven o'clock one evening, in order to free up an hour to be with them the next day. Then so be it. Yeah. Um, find myself pulling a two till six on a Sunday afternoon, in order to to be with them on a on a Friday afternoon because there's there's something going on with the family. Yeah. Then so in terms of work life balance, I think it's juggling the time and I think the working week allows us to do that more. Yeah. Very difficult nine to, when it was all nine to five, that was much harder. But I, I've I've also not known any different, so. With, uh, I, I picked the worst two jobs really for extracurricular activity in terms <laughs> yeah. of the radio station and fundraising and the charity. Yeah. So it's all around events and launches yeah. and morning, noon, and night. It was just three, three, four times a week, whether it was breakfast, lunch, dinner, early evening, mm. evening, always a- out and about and, and in, involve your family in it. Yeah, I quite yeah. often have my wife and kids at events with me. Amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, they're, and they're visible, and a lot of my network will know my family. Um, so, but yeah, I, I do try. My wife would kill me if she heard the bit about the, the, the phone and the emails because she she does. She says, just just ditch it, you know. Mm. What's the worst that can happen? Well, actually, quite a lot. Yeah, um. but it's not. <laughs> I, I think when you when it's your own, like you said, it's like <laughs> there's for for me. I've sort of I've almost accepted that this is who I am. So I've accepted that you know, um, whatever you label it, entrepreneur, business owner, whatever you decide that is, uh, that's actually who I am. And because of that's, my, that's who I am, mm. I have to do that. That's what I, but I actually, I like spinning plates. I like having, I guess there's an element of me that wants to 
have these things going on and being mm. able to check it. Of course, I'll, uh, but similar to yourself, like I'm, I'm fortunate that I can drop the kids at school most mornings, be around to pick them up if I need to, not miss any of their plays, not miss any of anything. Mm. But yeah, of course, then I have to work till two o'clock in the morning sometimes to get things done. Yeah, that, that's it, part, but we've got the choice to do that. It, exactly right. And, and it does mean that when you do have one of your, you know, four rounds of golf a week that you have, um, <laughs> you know, you can make up I'm for networking, it. networking, mate, I'm networking. <laughs> you, make, you make up for it at the weekend. But it's, it's just reminding yourself all the time, why are we doing this? And surely, I'd love to think that we're doing this to build the best life you could possibly build for your, you, you and your family in order to enjoy those family moments that, yeah. that that's what motivates and inspires me yeah. um i'm i'm not sure. doing it for for any other reason that that, that comes to mind yeah. um and I, I like those incentives for myself yeah. it's how i built with teams as well so yeah. i am um, you know booked a holiday for next summer because of how things are at the moment and that's the motivation yeah. you know build up to that point and and and, and us going going away next year amazing yeah i love that well um okay we're coming towards the end now, so just want to um, couple of little bits. So, what? Tell me, what, what's the future hold for Ryan Hill? Um, I've got no idea, <laughs> uh, which, which, I, which I quite like. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. I, I think in the in the sh in the short term, um, with best of British events, uh, the, uh, best of British members club, the BBMC, yeah. um, and the BN One Consulting, which is the business consultancy that that, that I have. So yeah, it's sure. kind of like a three pronged attack at the moment. Um, I've got the events. You know those? Do you remember those? Um, remember those Russian dolls that used to have <laughs> yeah. that get smaller? So the the event. I said, "Well, what do you do?" It's like, well, I'm a big fan of the elevator pitch, so I'm not going to sort of try and yeah. go on for five minutes. But those Russian dolls, where it starts with best of British events, yeah. and that's the mothership because they're the large scale events and the yeah. 500s and all the rest yeah. of it. And then you take off a doll, and then it goes down to the 50 with the members club. Yeah. And then you take off another doll, and it goes down to my consulting for yeah. uh, businesses. Um, where I'll, I'll, I'll get involved with their business if they want me to help raise their profile, drive profitability really, and, and mm. look at that, look at the cost base, and so they they all feed in and intertwine with each other. Yeah. Um, so I think I think certainly in the short medium term, those three uh, elements will be keeping me very busy. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's great. To, like, uh, it's a great analogy actually <laughs> because people say to me about that, like, wear some different hats and doing it. Mm. And I guess all of them are business related. So they all sort of work and link in with from the magazine to the to county yeah. clubs to, yeah. to me, so they all sort of, sort of link in. I'm, I'm sure you've got members of the county business clubs that would, would uh, you know, advertise in SBT yeah. and, exactly and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, no, they, can, they can they can cross pollinate really. Yeah, no, exactly that, and it's and it's great. We especially with the we haven't uh, not talked too much about the BM One consultancy, but with your you know with your experience, what you've achieved over you know mm. your 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 career. That, that wealth of knowledge that you're able to go into businesses and, and, mm. and help them. Like you say, just going in and and getting them to look at it like you would when you went into a CEO. Well, that's it. it. I, I think if you ask me to which area would I like to specialise in, it's actually those businesses that are slightly struggling yeah, yeah, yeah. but have either a very strong heritage yeah. or even a very bright future. Yeah. That, that sort of waking a sleeping giant, really. Yeah. And, and say to them, well, look, this is, you know, okay, if this is ground zero, yeah. what, what does it look like? And in terms of, Know, go, going into Juice or going into Rocking Horse and looking yeah. what I did with them, um, that's what I'd like to do with many other businesses over yeah. o o over the years. Sure, amazing, amazing. Right, so we always finish off um, with a couple of sort of quick fire questions. Oh God. Um, so um, first one, 
what advice would you give to a young entrepreneur or someone wanting to start their own business? This is where I made my uh, one, <laughs> my second only note <laughs> yeah. that I alluded to earlier. <laughs> and it is, it is, it's don't be afraid to fail. Amazing. Um, that, that honestly, that'd be the single biggest piece of advice because there's always 20 reasons not to yeah. and one reason to. And the reason to is always, well, this is going to work. It's going to be successful. Yeah. There's 20 reasons not to. Yeah. And therefore, if you n don't have the entrepreneurial spirit, you will always stay within the comfort zone and pick one of the 20 yeah, yeah. or 19 of the 20 and you'll never, ever do it yeah, through yeah, fear yeah. of failure. Fear of failure can be the greatest motivator of all time. Yeah, it really can. It can yeah, drive yeah. you to success. So don't be afraid to fail. Amazing. I love that. Love that. Okay. And final one give me three traits that you think um, a person needs to be a good business person or entrepreneur uh three traits um don't be a don't be a what's it no no no, no, no. um i couldn't i couldn't swear that vanity um i think i, I don't think you do need resilience sort of going through this in real time and you go through the journey again with you and you're thinking yeah actually um resilience because you're going to have all those knockbacks yeah. and all those barriers um in every element of your life. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't think that you can be uh, successful without being resilient yeah. and coping with those knockbacks. And as I said earlier, in my in my experiences, how you how you respond to those. Um, another one I'd throw in there is I think gut instinct is really underrated, and I don't hear a lot of people talk about this. But we all have gut instinct yeah, yeah, yeah. on yeah, sure. whether it's going to go down that path or that path or yeah. are we going to buy that business or that business or are we going to hire that person or that person yeah. don't underestimate gut instinct because yeah. if something feels this just feels wrong yeah, yeah. i don't know why it just feels wrong yeah it probably is yeah that's really so, important. I, i've know. read a couple of books recently definitely uh, that touched on that and saying yeah, like yeah. as most business owners most entrepreneurs is relying on that gut is definitely is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the final one i throw in would be is that phrase procrastination being the thief of time yeah. i've had a lot of, of dealings with the nhs during my time at rocking horse and my god if it took them nine months to make a decision it was it was a good turn and the same with some sort of local authorities or public sector out yeah, there sure. can be very very slow and i think there is something in the entrepreneurial spirit about not procrastinating and make being decisive I'd yep. say. So um, being decisive, if you think that that is the right decision, trust that gut and, and make the decision. Yeah. Um, and believe in it. And and yeah. Believe and run with it. Yeah. Um, and, th and then you, you, you get that sort of ra rapid change then, but you set your stall out nice and early. Uh, I remember, as I said earlier, when <laughs> we moving the charity back into the centre of Brighton was one of the best things we did. Um, but I decided within minutes well, this is crazy that we're out in the sticks. Yeah. We need to be back in the core area. So that decision was made incredibly quickly. Yeah. Whereas, dare I say it, maybe some other people or some other entities might have dilly-dallied and sat on that decision for a period of months. Yeah. We'll roll it over to the next quarterly board meeting. Yeah, and sure, before sure. you know it, it's it's been a year. Yeah. So, yeah, be decisive, resilient, and um, your gut. Your gut. <laughs> Let's end Listen on the gut, gut, Sam. Let's leave <laughs> Listen mate, to that very small <laughs> gut. <laughs> if only, mate, if only. <laughs> Listen, what, what can I say, mate? It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, a brilliant episode, I'm sure. Look, there's so many amazing takeaways there. So much great knowledge, advice. Um, 
it, it was as always just a pleasure to catch up with you so listen i really appreciate your time thanks for coming on and um listen wish you wish you continued success and look, looking pleasure. forward to the next uh, best of british um event yeah and 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 thank you for having me and you know can i just say well done for what you're doing it's absolutely fantastic and you certainly got that entrepreneurial spirit in abundance and i hope everyone listening to this gives you the continued support that you so richly deserve but thanks for having me this morning Thank you.